Hi everyone, welcome to Training with Casey, where we explore animal training and living our best lives with animals. I'm Joseph Laughlin, producer of this podcast, and now here's your host, Casey Covert. Let's get started. Hi, it's your host for Training with Casey. It's Casey Cover, and I want to share with you a special Christmas story. This is all true. Every word of this is true. And I have a story that I've told once before, but I added more to it. And I have two additional stories. So we have a little trilogy here. And normally I just speak off the cuff, but I actually wrote this out to make sure I didn't forget some of the details. So here we go. One year, my monkey played a part in the Christmas opera, Amal and the Night Visitors. And this is a story of the miraculous healing of the boy Amal when he helped the three kings to find the baby Jesus. You know, in the manger, he followed the star, all that. Now, Amal and the Night Visitor is set you know, back when Jesus was born. And this little boy, Amal, uh, couldn't walk. He had to use crutches. And his mom was a single mother, and they didn't have much at all. And the three wise men somehow ended up at their hovel and asked to stay there. And then Amal ended up taking them to the baby Jesus. And that's where he got his miraculous healing. And the music is beautiful, and the sets were beautiful, the costumes were beautiful, and the feelings were beautiful. It was just a magical production. Now, the monkey was not as impressed with all of that as I was, but it turns out, you'll see, she really enjoyed the experience. Now, as an opera star, of course, she had to have a costume say opera star she didn't actually sing but she was in the performance and so she had a harem outfit of gold and black lame leopard skin and her little she had a little midrib cropped top and it fit very snugly little slit neck but her pantalones blossomed out about her ankles so you know they were just a typical harem costume Now, she was both adorable and also very pretty. She had long arms and legs and a long languishing tail, which she often draped over herself like, you know, a scarf or a wrap. And she had a beautiful, huge eyed face. She was a capuchin monkey, and they're very well known for their intelligence and for working closely with humans. Now, every night I had to check in backstage with her at the theater a whole hour before the start. So I have this richly dressed three pound monkey that's only 23 inches long from head to the tip of the, her tail. And once we checked in, we would relax till our time to go on stage. And we would speak with the co-workers and the singers, the actors. And you might imagine she was quite popular due to her fascinating ways, her beauty, her manners, and her charm. She greeted everyone 
and she was very gentle and kind with them. I remember she used to reach out and hold on to somebody's hand as sometimes she would suck her on thumb and she would pat their hand or sometimes their cheek. She was just the most wonderful being. Now the music from the opera was piped throughout the backstage area. So all the performers could always hear the music. And each performer was assigned an instant in the music, which signaled them to assemble in the wings for their entry. Now, I knew my monkey's cue, but she knew it also. And she would chitter and talk when she heard her cue. And we were already always in place, right? (laughs) Because you don't want to not show up on time at the Kennedy Center When her music cue sounded, then her actor would approach and I would hand her off, checking to ensure that she was correctly attached to him. Then I would talk to the stagehands while I waited her return. And one night they told me the most fascinating story. They told me that there had been a live monkey in a performance at the Kennedy Center at least 10 years before us. And it was back when the stage scenery was all lowered into place and then lifted for scene changes with the help of these huge sandbag counterweights. And the monkey, which weighed around 20 pounds, got loose and started jumping into the scenery panels. And from there, he swang onto the sandbags chaotically lifting and lowering scenery panels during the performance. Some he dropped with resounding thuds and crashes. Some he ripped, one or two escaped damage. He exited precipitously, swinging off a sandbag and careening from the backstage area onto the main backstage work area. And from there, he ricocheted down the hall behind where, you know, there's kind of a lane that goes behind all the theaters. And the monkey was said to have gotten loose outside with the possible help of a stagehand who opened a door for him. None could tell me what happened next. But the stagehand said, yeah, we couldn't believe they'd let another monkey in here. I felt the call to reassure. I explained why this would not happen again. This monkey was very well trained. This monkey was very experienced. And why this could not happen this time. Because we had engineered success into this venture. We had secured the monkey. In the story of Amal, the monkey was owned by one of the three wise kings. And... He was wearing silver and gold, fake leopard skins, and she did just like him also. But she was carried by his slave, who in this case was a young actor who was very preoccupied by his part and duties in this grand opera being performed at the Kennedy Center. And the monkey was on a leash that had one of those plunger connections. The plunger connection secured the monkey to the actor when it was pushed into a socket sewed into his costume. 
this way he did not have to use his hands or touch the monkey, right? You know, because if there's going to be a problem, that might be where it would happen. Even though she was really good. We always try to be very careful. So he didn't have to use his hands to hold on to her and possibly accidentally let her go loose in the theater. Another socket was attached to the basket that she was going to sit in. And this basket held a very comfortable bed. So once the slave marched on stage, he disconnected the monkey from his costume and connected her to the basket. And from the basket, she would regard the audience, flirt with the actors, and generally do her part to make the production something very special. And no one needed to watch over her because she was safely attached to this large, unmovable basket. Elegant idea. No. No. I mean, it was until the unthinkable happened. The plunger connection broke. And the slave, not used to paying attention to the monkey, continued to pay no attention to the monkey. He marched her on stage straight to the basket. He extended his arm as usual, and she gracefully danced down his arm and into her basket bed. And then he left. He had tried to attach her with a plunger and it didn't work. So he just left her there without even tying her to the basket. When he saw the plunger did not work, he just left the monkey to her own devices. Ay, 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 one of the stage hands hissed at me backstage. Your monkey is loose. It just looks that way. See, she's attached to that basket with a leash. Then why is she climbing on the flyer fireplace? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I ran stampede speed to the entrance to the audience area. I crept out. I thought that if she went to leave the stage, I might be able to intercept her and call her back to the security of my shoulder. She was very smart and savvy and was used to interacting with humans, even in large groups. But I was a bit concerned about the reaction of the people to the sudden approach of a little monkey who was supposed to stay on stage. A little monkey who felt entitled to intention, attention and friendliness from everybody she met. So I peered onto the stage and I saw a little monkey was still there but not quite where she was supposed to be. She was climbing happily all over the fireplace. She rearranged the mantle. She looked around for a response from the audience. None came. She checked out the taste of the fake fruit. She checked out the taste of the sulfur heads of the long matches. She chittered at the young boy who was the star of the show. They adored one another. And she seemed puzzled that he didn't stop to talk to her right now. But although young, he was very professional. And he showed but a hint of surprise when he saw that she was loose. Now the audience also noticed that the monkey was loose. They didn't seem to think that was strange. That is a tribute 
to her ease, to the monkey's ease amongst the actors, even when loose. But being loose, she was much more active and distracting than normally. And the audience laughed a little more than normally. And the monkey became a bit restless, as did I. I struggled to quench any feelings of apprehension. I radiated calmness with an underpinning of desperation. Thankfully, it was now time for the sleeping scene. The boy would soon lay down before the fireplace and draw a blanket over himself. And maybe she would decide to go to bed. Maybe I could quietly call her off stage from behind the scenes. Uh, but then again, maybe not. She did not go to the basket. Indeed, as she often did at home, she went to the foot of the boy's bed and lay down. After a surprise glance, he accepted her presence. She nestled under the covers. Then he lay down, pulling the covers over his shoulders, just as the script said, pulling them right off her. She bounced up with an indignant chuff. She grabbed the edge of the covers and popped down again, pulling them off his shoulders. Hey, he exclaimed, popping up to grab the covers and pulling them back again. She jumped up again. She yanked those covers back to their rightful place. It served him right that he was now exposed again. This time he did not pop up, but rather reached down and grabbed the cover's edge and pulled it back, but just a bit. He left her some too. And so she remained quietly in place. That is, until the scene was over. She saw the slave come and go. But she was not attached to the basket, and he did not try to take her out. She looked after him with bewilderment. She stood alone mid-stage with her arms out, surveying all with a lost look. I heard people go, aww. But that's all I waited to hear. I dashed into action, making my way backstage as fast as possible without starting a stampede. Not good to run in a theater, I'm told. From the wings, I called quietly to her on stage. She started, and then she came straight to me. In another moment, she was back on my shoulder, and I was reassuring her and commiserating with her about the blanket. I praised her good behavior and sense. More to the point, I gave her chocolates. This monkey was my friend and companion for 31 years. She died in 2009, soon after Christmas at the age of 32. I miss her deeply, but she left me a gift that never runs out. She left me the gift of memories of our shared Christmases and the memory of the miraculous night, the night when Amal had a second night visitor. A night when the loose monkey at the Kennedy Center is remembered for causing no mischief. Well, just a little. She stole a blanket. I have another story to share about that particular experience. 
And I call this naked monkey. You know, people are curious beings. We're so prone to making strange rules based on strange ideas. And one of those is how we, at least in America, tend to see nakedness. Like, like it's a bad thing. Like it's illegal to be naked in public. Even though every person is born naked, and my monkey was a beautiful live figure. She was an elfin wanderer who just danced through life up and down and just so light. Sometimes she would do somersaults as she came down off of things. And of course, she was born as we all are without clothes. But like this, she also wore clothes as it suited her or me. In fact, she had an amazing wardrobe. And a lot of it was sewed by my friend Marina, who made costumes for the National Lyric Opera Company. And myself, we would sit there at night with Tish and sew clothes. And she had sweaters and hand-drawn t-shirts and ball gowns. And she had her harem suit con costume for the production of Mall and the Night Visitors. The director decided she should be dressed to match her owner in the opera. That is, she was to wear black and gold leopard print lame. I made it myself. It fit very well, I thought, and she looked just the thing and very enchanting and all was well. Or, once again, so I thought. Now, the first night, she accompanied her artist, her actor, on stage and he deposited her in her basket where she had to observe the opera unfold around her. And the set was very pretty and cozy and very well lit. Very well lit. If you've ever sat on stage under the lights, you may recall it gets hot. Sometimes very hot. Hot enough to make you want to take your clothes off, but you don't, right? even though it would make logical sense to remove some layers to get relief from the heat. But we know that it would cause great agitation amongst other humans if we did that. But a monkey may be smarter, maybe more logical than you and I. When it gets hot, the logical thing to do is strip off those encumbering clothes. And so she did. First, the harem pants were kicked away although they somehow cling to her leash and the audience hissed in their breath and held their breath. What was this? The monkey noted the hiss and she threw a defiant glance across the entire room and she stripped her gold lame top off over her head, but it also caught on her halter and the audience gasped. They drew breath again. Some laughed, but it was nervously. Some exclaimed out loud, the same people that would not think a thing about seeing a naked monkey were shocked when said monkey stripped her clothes off in public on stage, even though it was a smart and logical thing to do. Between us, I believe the monkey recognized this and thought less of her audience for it. As for me, it meant I had to go back to the drawing board. I had to rework her costume so it could not be removed at whim. And I attached each piece to her halter using toggle cords to 
to keep the clothes. So normally we might put elastic around the cuffs of the you know harem pants. No, we drew them with toggles. So they were tight and they couldn't be, they weren't too tight, they were comfortable, but they couldn't just be, uh, you know, sprung away from the legs. And so each piece of clothing was attached like that. And then it was also attached directly to the halter. And she learned to get along with the clothes, even though I think she always thought it was kind of crazy. To this day, I think of the audience's reaction to the naked monkey and to the monkey's reaction to the audience, and I still smile. The same way as when I reflect on the fact that in our society, it's illegal to be naked as we are naturally born to be. When in public with other humans who share all of the same attributes as us, and no matter how logical it might be, to be naked. Hmm. So my third story, we'll call it back at home. So the run for a mall in the night visitor was not very long. And when we got back home, they had other versions of it playing on the television. And so I turned it on to listen. So I've noted that no matter how skeptical an animal was when rehearsing for theater, in the end, they all loved performing. From the leaping dolphins to the dog that sauntered across the stage in the production real estate. In a surprise appearance to close the show, the animals love the response they get from the audience and they love participating in the shows. And thus it was for my monkey. Initially, she wasn't impressed with a costume or riding on someone else's shoulder. But in the end, she eagerly awaited her cue to go on stage and she diligently played her part, including extracurricular public relations backstage. That is until the production was over. And then suddenly from an audience of hundreds and lots of attention from the cast and the workers backstage. Now there was only the two of us and our German shepherd dog, King the Wonder Dog and Crystal or Conyer. And we were spending a quiet afternoon at home baking an apple pie together. And I had turned on another performance of a mall in the night visitor to listen to as I baked. I was curious to hear how it compared and to see how the set looked and how beautiful the costumes were. And I hummed along to the music as I worked in the kitchen and paired apples into pie crust for a holiday dinner. And I guess in my busyness, I drifted off a bit distracted by my duties when suddenly my monkey was at my knee and she was agitated and trying to command my attention as she reached up to tap on my knee. And I extended my arm towards her and she definitely ran up to my shoulder, but she was still worried about something. But what, I thought. And as I earnestly scanned the situation, 
I was suddenly aware of the music once more. Oh, that was it. And she was right. And I reassured her and we quickly walked to the living room where we took our place, stage left, to walk on into the center of the room to finish the production that was being broadcast into our home. You see, she heard her sound cue, the cue that told her to come on stage. And she saw that it was all up to her to get us on stage. So she came and got me and I snapped too. And we finished our last performance of Amal and the Night Visitors together. Merry Christmas, everybody, and happy holidays. Thank you for sharing time with me, and I look forward to next time. Be well. Hey, fans. Are you enjoying training with Casey? Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Casey Cover on YouTube. That is youtube.com forward slash C slash Casey Cover. Also, give the podcast a like, share, and comment. Thanks for joining us. Come back for more news and views on animal training and living with animals. Stay at the top of the pack with Casey. This is Joseph Laughlin, producer of Training with Casey. See you next time.